listening to a special Zelda Month episode of the Switch Clicks podcast. Zelda Month has returned. During the entire month of November, we're celebrating the Legend of Zelda series with five special podcast episodes featuring interviews with some of the greatest online creators. Additionally, we'll be showcasing four Play It By Tier episodes reviewing various Zelda games, and we'll be bringing back Triforce Trivia later this month. Check out the episode description for more information. My name is Dakota, and tonight I'm joined by our Zelda expert, Nathan. Hello. And our special guest tonight is Melon Speedruns, a video game programmer and software engineer known for modding Zelda games as well as modding other Nintendo titles. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? So if I miss anything in that uh, opening, uh, what do you do specifically? Well, how would you describe what you do? Um, I consider myself a modder. So what I do is I take games that Nintendo releases, like Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, and basically any game, and I just modify them to add content, fix bugs, or just make sure to... Make them prettier. Admit- yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, is there any, like, secret to get those games, or do you just kind of download them? No, so... Um, How does that work? <laughs> I mean, legally speaking, you have to get your games from your own source. You cannot download them. So yeah. what I personally do myself is that I, I buy the game, either on the eShop or as a cartridge, yeah. And then using a modded console, so either a modded Wii U or a modded Switch, I then extract this cartridge or this download into a ROM. And said ROM, I uh, simply can run on my PC using emulators and I can modify the files of. Mm, so you and get basically so the raw legal. data, essentially. Yeah, so it's kind of like, think of it like a disk, right? Like on the surface, a disk is just like, you know, it's a piece of plastic sometimes. Something. like. And then once you go inside the files, then you can see all the the data and you can mess with the files. And that's essentially what modding is. It's just on a cartridge instead. Yeah, it's always been weird to me that if if you were to put maybe there's a question you can actually answer. If you were to put like an Xbox game into a PC, would you be able to get the files straight from the disk? No, so it's a disk. No, so it's the same deal as the, the Wii U discs. So the Wii U discs are made specifically for the Wii U uh, disk drive, which means that if you were to put a Wii U disk on your PC, the PC disk drive is wouldn't be incapable of reading the, the disk because it's not the same file structure or not even the same like type of disk as a normal PC CD-ROM would be. Interesting. Well, maybe the first major question would be, uh, what gave you the interest to create mods in the first place? Yeah, so when I was like, when I was when I started high school, I basically really wanted to get into uh, game programming uh, in my with my life. Like that, I knew from the get go that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And then from there, I kind of. On my in my free time, I messed with Unity, started making some some bad games, but still they were just <laughs> like small little things for me to have fun in. And I also messed with RPG Maker, so I you know I kind of had a good base of how to make games, but I couldn't quite pull off like making the entire game by myself, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is where modding comes into place, where essentially you can the game is already made, right? You just yeah. have to modify what you want to do in the game, what you want to change, and then 
that's it. The, just there's no coding involved. There's no modifying like a lot of data. You just modify what you want, and then it just shows up in the game. So this was really appealing to me because when I when I didn't know how to continue with my Unity work, I just I found out you could modify Mario 64 and you could add levels to the game with specific tools. And then from mm. there, I just decided to do that because uh, the game was already made, the physics were there, the, all the graphics was already there. I just needed to make my little platforms and ground and Mario could jump on them and I could add a star at this position. Essentially, that's how I basically became a mother, just by wanting to mess up with the game. And I'm assuming that uh, the older the game is, the more tools the internet has made to modify a game? Um, it depends on the game. If you're talking to me about uh, a very popular old game, like, like, I, like I said, Mario 64, that probably has a thousand tools by now. So yeah, that, that's going to be... That's going to be like a game that is very accessible. It has a bunch of documentation and tools. But if you go and tell me, hey, I want to mod Excitebyte 64. <laughs> like people are going to be like, what? There was an Excitebyte on N64? And there might not be tools for the game. So in such a case, you either have to create the tools yourself and figure out how the game works, which could take years, or you mm -hmm. just gave up. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm assuming there are multiple communities online that of modders that could probably help each other if they wanted to like target a game. Right. Well, it's on like modding is basically uh, is very specific to the point where let's say I'm I'm a Zelda modder, right? I'm yeah. I could be interested in like I said Excite Bike. That's fine, but unless I find other people that also want to mod that game, I don't think I could get very far alone unless I knew a lot about decompiling games. Did you have to go to any post-secondary to learn your skills, or do you just learn it all from being having a hobby? <laughs> yep, all from having a hobby. Like like I said, the, the Unity work I did in RPG Maker, that, most, that, that was pretty much all, to my knowledge, that was all learned online. That's very nice. Yeah. That's that's pretty that's pretty crazy. Like, even, I'm I'm personally I'm very like very very low level at this. I, there is so much I still have to learn, but hearing this from you kind of gives me a little bit more motivation to potentially dive into this this sort of area. Definitely start with Mario 64 because it, it's like it's a game everybody knows, and there's like <laughs> there's like a visual editor, so you can make yeah. a map, and then you can decide, oh, I want to place a, a star there, and I want a red coin to be under this block. Like it's very visual, kind of like Mario yeah. Maker in a way, but more advanced and in 3D. Uh, <laughs> well, what, speaking of Mario Maker, what do you think of a 3D Mario Maker? Oh my! Oh <laughs> yeah. So here's what I was hoping. When Mario Maker 2 was uh, unveiled, and there was there was the, this controversy where you had uh, the 3D World game, oh, right? But yeah. then you had the empty slot at the bottom, like that mm -hmm. didn't have any game, any game, and people thought that they would add a, a, another game in there, maybe Mario Odyssey, and that would be a 3D mode. But <laughs> that never came that never came to fruition. The, 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 the slot is still empty to this day. Which yeah. I find is really funny, <laughs> but I I was hoping it would be like kind of Mario Odyssey, but 
you know, you could modify the depth as well. So you could have multiple like layers of a 2D level and make a 3D level with that. That I think it, it could be the best way to do a 3D Mario Maker. Just have Whoa. a 2D level, but that you can modify the different layers of the 2D level to make a 3D map. Yeah, a little bit similar to like the underground areas in 3D World, where it's a little bit 2D, but there was some depth to it. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Specifically looking towards Breath of the Wilds, I guess, what brought you to mod that game? Can I be honest? It was the Shrek Hinox mod. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a mod that came out like within the first month of the game's release where it replaced Hinoxes with Shrek. Yeah, and back oh then there it, it was like a huge that. Shrek meme <laughs> wave that 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 was when that was going on, and basically I I wasn't I was I was still playing the game back then, but then I saw like this mod and I was like, wow, okay, so you can legit just add any character I guess in the game, and that that really interested me, so I rushed the game to the point where I, ju- I just did the four Divine Beasts, beat Ganon, and that was my playthrough of the game. I, ne- I didn't do any shrine, I didn't do any side quests. So yeah, I rushed the game, and then I, I dumped my own copy, and I started fiddling with the files and found out, oh, well, the game is really based around the data, which means you don't really have to modify... You don't have to modify the code of the game at all. You just have to Imagine imagine the game's weapons as like a zip file. And every yeah. file inside a zip file is a weapon. You can just duplicate a file and yeah. change it to whatever you want to create a new weapon. That's it? <laughs> that's it. That, you just like, that, that's bro. essentially it. It's a bit more complex, obviously, but it, it's oh. essentially how the game is made, is that the game will just look at those files and be like, okay, that's the list of weapons. Oh, there's a new one. Well, I'm going to load that in instead. And... Yeah, so it was extremely easy to create weapons, and that made me really want to mod the game and add more content to it because it was just so easy. I'd take it like if you were to work on some massive modding projects, it would be this would be like substantially easier than like any other most other games in that sense. Yes, um, there's a, a big modding project right now called Second Wind, which I uh, help I a little around it um, here and there, but it basically adds towns to the games and each town has its own NPCs and quests. Like they can create uh-huh. custom quests just by modifying what is essentially JSON files. Yeah, they can create weapons, you can create new crafting mechanics. Like the game is really centered about uh, around those like zip files, I guess. And you can just modify those however you want, which is honestly um, kind of surprising. It was surprising at first. Because I thought it was going to be like Mario 64, <laughs> where everything is like compressed, everything is like mixed up together and mm-hmm. all over the place. But no, it's very structured. And I think it was the first game that really did that this much. Really? Like no other Nintendo game is this well organized or easy to work with? Um, I know Mario Maker is easy to modify graphical-wise, like graphically-wise. Like you can mm-hmm. modify the sprites and the 3D models. And Mario Maker 2 is even easier, but maybe Splatoon as well. But those games are more because of their nature, their gameplay nature. Yeah. Like Splatoon is a more linear kind of game when we talk about the story mode. So if you were to want to create a custom level, you'd have to modify level 1-1 and then 
change the platforms, add objects, and you'd have to create a map editor, right? Yeah. To modify the levels. Or you could modify the, the inkling models, and that's fine enough. Breath of the Wild, I feel, is more of an empty slate kind of game, where it's open world, first of all, yeah. and it doesn't have too many mechanics that distract from the core gameplay, which means that, let's say you want to add a weapon, right? Well, you can just say, oh, well, drop this new weapon I've created in this mountain, like at this specific spot, and then let the player find it, and there we go. Now the player can just download that mod, and they have a new weapon to look for, forward oh to, my gosh. they can just use it. It's like, it's like that, but in the Splatoon, let's say you wanted to create a new weapon, you'd have to include that in the story mode, and like it would require coding, because the game... How the game is made, every weapon has its own unique mechanics, and mm-hmm. that's usually in co in, in game game modding, you cannot modify the code of the game. You're limited to the the the, the files that are on the disk. I see. So, in a sense, basically, like Breath of the Wild, it kind of it kind of does surprise me to hear about that because Breath of the Wild is one of those games that Nintendo spent a lot more time on and. You know, obviously with the delays that were added on, you'd expect them to have a bunch of other stuff left over. But um, I guess, like, what was, like, your initial thoughts when you first got into Breath of the Wild modding, if you haven't mentioned that yet? Um, well, my first thought was, like, again, I was surprised by the amount of data, like, just the, the zip file system I was talking about. I was surprised by that because um, I, like I said, like, Games, other Nintendo games have done it this way, but not to this extent where everything is like modifiable in an easy way. Mm-hmm. And, and it also made me realize that um, this could open the gates a lot more for like future Nintendo games that are open world because Ooh. if they're coded this way as well, maybe not like Tales of the Kingdom level, but if it's another open world like Mario Odyssey. Um, which it is, by the way. Mario Odyssey is about the same way as Breath of the Wild, and because Ooh. of it, you can add levels, you can add new... You cannot really add objects like enemies, but you can add like new levels and new kingdoms to the game pretty easily. Ooh, that sounds promising. And every kingdom can have its own cutscenes with stars, I mean, sorry, moons that appear whenever you do an action. And that's mm-hmm. all done, again, throughout those zip files that you can modify. Wow. That that must like save so much time for modding, I'd I'd assume. Yeah, like it's also it also helps that Nintendo usually reuses their file formats over multiple games. So the model format for Nintendo games has been the same since Splatoon 1, I think. Which means that once oh. somebody figured out how to edit Splatoon 1 models, that got transferred over to Breath <laughs> of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, like everything else. And it's the same tool to modify models, and it has been since Splatoon's released, almost. Ooh. And with all the talk about like modifying games, like how heavy you guys modify some of the games, are you ever worried about uh, what I guess Nintendo fans call them? They call them Nintendo Ninjas, or just the lawyers? Yeah. Um, and what do you have to do to like avoid the copyright minefield? Other than, I guess the usually the main rule is don't sell it, right? Yeah, it's essentially that. Don't sell it. Don't make a YouTube video about it. 
Mm. Nintendo has the right to still shut down your YouTube channel and videos if you make modding videos. So if you do release a mod, do it on a site, a website that doesn't require a trailer or a, a YouTube video like Game Banana. Game Banana is the most popular modding website in the world. And there's like, I think like 10,000 mods, like for like, no, there's like a million mods, I think. Like there's a lot of mods. And um, basically you go to that site, you sign up and you can just upload your mods for the game. So, and because you're only uploading the modified files, you're not uploading obviously the, the whole 14 gigabytes game. It makes it legal for you to share those files. And by that nature, Nintendo cannot do anything about it since you're not selling it and this is fair use. Mm-hmm. What do you think about uh, fan games that are shut down by Nintendo? Uh, those I can understand why they're being shut down. It's because they, uh, they're different from, mo- from mods where mods only include specific files from the games and those files are modified. Mm-hmm. Fan games are whole games based around an IP by Nintendo and those fan games will have sprites, um, 3D models, animations ripped from other Nintendo games and put and combined together to make another game. And this is where I feel like it, Nintendo doesn't like it. It's because you're doing a game and Nintendo's a game company, right? Yeah. And they, yep. don't, like, they don't like that because you're, like make, take, you're making use of their IP with the same context that they do. While modding is more, you're not releasing a game, right? You're just modifying, you're just releasing text files. And uh, with your experience in like modding, and I guess in maybe in the far future, if you were to create like a game on your own, or maybe with a team of modders, not modding a, a certain game, just maybe just a game from scratch, what would you want it to play like as the producer or director? Oh, I. I've had an idea of a game I wanted to make a while ago, and I still I still want to make it. Um, have you guys played Sonic Adventure either on the GameCube, on the PC, or basically just Sonic Adventure 1? Yes! I played a tiny bit of 1. I okay. played through the, um, the entire game. Okay. <laughs> have you played uh, Amy's Story? Yeah. yeah I'm uh, not familiar with it. <laughs> okay, so essentially Amy has a big hammer, and she normally runs really slowly. Like she, she's not <laughs> yeah. like Sonic where she runs fast. She runs really slow. And when you start running forward for like a couple seconds, she starts uh, putting her hammer on her side. And if you decide to attack during that time when you're going a little bit fast, she actually smashes her hammer down on the on the ground and it does a huge jump in the air. And oh, that's how she's that able mechanic. to gain height. And I, I think that's really that's something that even Mario, Mario could benefit from just yeah, the, if you reach a certain speed and you press a button, you gain a high jump. Rather than just having to sprint and jump. and like Exactly. So that's something I was thinking, but with a bunny. So I was thinking, what if you had a, a 3D platformer similar to Mario 64, and the main mechanic was using the bunny's ears to not only attack, but also bo- bounce off the, the ground oh. to reach higher places and you could also do the same thing on walls to do wall jumps but you have to time them so i I guess i guess 
wow that's actually that's actually a really like it sounds like it's gonna be a really insane idea um would you like i guess with those mechanics would you design the levels like with verticality in mind like very um, high platforms to reach and whatnot yes yes definitely i would like to see something like mario 64 but maybe a little bit more vertical in terms of mm -hmm. Sections. If you look at Mario 64, Mario 64 has a lot of flat ground, especially yeah. like Bubbomb Battlefield, where like half the map is just flat grass. Yep. So I'm thinking <laughs> more platforms, more pillars to jump on at some points, and it could make for a really cool, just you know, just a collectathon where you just run around, collect items, and get stars or whatever. And that that's the game I'd like to make. Oh, I take it. I take it. It might have a little. It might have some degree of difficulty that you wouldn't find in a Mario game. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. I still want to make it. <laughs> it might be like not as hard as, let's say, Mario sixty four. I kind of want to make it easier than that. Okay. I I'm very I'm a very myself. I'm a very casual player most of the I time. See. So I I I I know my 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 username has speedruns in it, <laughs> but I beside doing glitches in games sometimes i don't really do speedruns and so i usually play games like animal crossing and you know like breath of the wild but yeah. even in breath of the wild just run around and do stuff instead of actually trying to challenge myself mm -hmm. so if i were to make the game i would make it uh, may make it a bit easier than mario 64 for sure just so it's a good ride all along you know mm -hmm. Just for a fun game, not a, not a, uh, what would you call that? Like a trendy game, almost like uh, <laughs> Jump King and oh yeah, Pogo no, no. Jump. I, I oh, don't gosh. like those games. I, uh, I know most <laughs> games have their audience, but it's it's not me. <laughs> That's good to hear. Most yeah, most people just want their game to get uh, super popular and then die off within a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I guess in that, I guess in that sense, um. Uh, it might be a little opposite for it might be a little opposite for me to ask you this, but um, I guess in terms of mods, what would be the craziest mod you've ever created for Breath of the Wilds? Oh my god! Um, legit, I think it was only a few months ago. Uh, a few months ago, I was uh, working with a streamer friend of mine and. I wanted to thank them for making a for you know being a good person, being a friend, and so I decided to add their uh, character. So they're, they're a a VTuber. So I decided to add their character into Breath of the Wild, and yeah. I was successful enough to do it. And I was even able to modify some of the animations of the game, oh. and that I like I worked like a whole week on that, and I'm. Really proud of how it turned out. Oh my god! I was, was even it... able to get uh, Sean Shiplock to voice himself in the in the mod as Zelda. Oh, oh wow! So he did okay. some voice lines as himself, obviously, in uh, in the mod at the beginning. So that was uh, that was really fun to make. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just looking at the photo. Is that the the bunny? Uh, no, so that's uh, that's a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Strabony. 
he you know he's also a streamer and a huge friend and i decided to basically do the same thing you know mod his character in the game and as you can see i was able to modify the master sword to be the carrot yeah hmm. <laughs> did you have to modify any of like the armor to match the body size or did you match the model to where the armor would normally be how would that work? uh right so normally you'd have to modify the armor to match the new body shape, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, the bunny's like body shape was so similar to Link that I didn't even have to modify most of the armors because it, it already fit perfectly. I could have gone and edited again all the armors to fit, but I decided not to because it would have taken me like weeks and weeks of full-time work. Mm. So I decided to just modify like two or three armors so they fit, but that was that was the end of it. Yeah, there's honestly probably too many armors to modify. There's like 160, I think, <laughs> in the game. Oh, yeah, that's, that's so, a yeah, lot. No. Uh, for any audio listeners, we are looking at pretty much uh, a pink bunny replacing the Link uh, model from Breath of the Wild. Um, if you want, you can go to our YouTube channel and check out a photo. I'll have it on screen. For kind of the future, what kind of mods are you looking to create or bring over to Tears of the Kingdom? Although we don't have much information on that game, but I'm sure you have some ideas. I'm like 99% sure the game is going to have the same... Well, I am 100% sure it's the same engine as Breath of the Wild. And yeah, I'm 99% sure it's going to be the same data structure as Breath of the Wild, which means same zip format, maybe even better. And I'm honestly guessing most of the mods that were made for Breath of the Wild are going to be able to be ported easily to the new game. Yeah, I would honestly hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I'm belie I believe that. Like, I, from experience, I could tell you if that's not the case, I'm going to be very surprised. Yeah, that's what the six month delay was for. Completely oh, yeah. engineering it. <laughs> oh, no. Safeguard against mods. Oh, no. But I mean, here's the thing Nintendo did add some mod security, I guess, in Breath of the Wild, is that in the game's files, there's a table that says that has a list of every file in the game and it also has a file size next to it so for every file in the game it has a a like a value of the file size and if the file size doesn't match the actual file um the game crashes that's an interesting way of stopping it how would you get around that do you just like perfect it or you just modify the table and say oh this file is now this size that's ah. it that's <laughs> it i guess I that mean, i guess yeah that. i guess yeah. that there's, there's that it does also um you know what did on the title screen where it says uh copyright nintendo at the bottom okay uh that is actually written in code not in the files as it should oh. be so if you were to want to modify this specific copyright nintendo you'd have to modify the code of the game just to modify that which is probably a good thing so they have the copyright on their work yeah i it's mean like if anybody would replace nintendo's name that that'd be bad looking for them anyway yeah exactly <laughs> maybe just uh move over to you specifically less of modding um oh. but what served as in your inspiration for either your username or your profile pictures all right so well first of all the username uh melon speedruns i i'll be honest I, I was speedrunning a few years ago under a different 
username. And then I, you know, I wanted to change my username. And I basically told myself, I do speedruns and I need a dumb name. So I, <laughs> I, I, I thought of the name of a fruit and I was like, what sounds good? Potato, uh, <laughs> cantaloupe, no, melon. And yeah, melon. that was it. That, that, there was no thought process beside that. Well, it is actually, good. it's a very creative one. It's Thank a pretty you. good name over uh, different languages too, because melon is one of those words that you can understand throughout many languages. I did not know that back then, but now I know. <laughs> oh, um, well, there you go. Yeah. Cool. And for the profile pictures, um, right now on Discord, it's like a Metopia character of a frog. That's yeah. actually my, uh, my uh, I, I would like to say, just my original character. So oh. it's a frog that represents me. But it, it's not like actually me. It's just like, think of it like a stand in JoJo, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or like a persona, like it's not yeah. actually me, but you know. Okay, wait, wait. Have you seen JoJo? Are you a? No. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, are you a lucky weed? <laughs> no, no, you're good. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like that, and you know, I uh, a friend of mine basically approached me with like. <laughs> with like they just drew art of a frog with watermelon colors and they were like hey that's you and i, I took that joke way too seriously and yeah that's me oh my gosh <laughs> weren't there a couple of times that you also had like watermelon um profile pictures too? right so that was before the frog i was just a watermelon piece with eyeballs like googly <laughs> eyes uh, that was that was before the frog i mean yeah i i mean if you name yourself melon I guess the branding matches. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to be asking every guest this, but uh, pretty much what got you into the Zelda series specifically? Um, Even before I... modding, I assume. Uh, well, like, I guess I can just start with what got me into gaming because that, that's pretty much it. When I was yeah. five years old, my parents bought me a GameCube and they bought me Luigi's Mansion with it. Yeah. <laughs> and as a five-year-old, I, you know, Mario was on, like, Luigi's on the box, like, just cute ghosts. It should be fine, right? I was petrified by the the, the ghosts, and I didn't want to sleep at night. <laughs> I was scared, and I I cried a lot because I didn't like the game. So my parents, uh, like, exchanged it to Wind Waker. Oh. And... Lucky you. Honestly, like it's the game that shaped me as who I am today, and I it was the best choice my parents ever made. So yeah, Wind Waker. It's uh it's that cute cartoony game that has a kind of light lighthearted story, but can get deep at times. And honestly, just like I love the gameplay, I love the the, the graphics. Like I like people still trash on the graphics today, but. No, they're good. Yeah, and they're... no, yeah, it's really the game that made me who I am today. And even today, when I see a game with cell shading, I just, I just prefer that over like any realism game because honestly, honestly, let's be honest, there. like just too many realistic games out there. Yeah, like I, I, I have to agree with you there. Like it's just with cell shading, you can just see things so much better, so much easier. Oh, yeah, so many more colors than gray so and brown. Everything's so much more expressive. There's like a lot more personality to it. Since that's uh, your like catalyst game, have you ever gone back and like added things to it? I assume you have. Uh, 
surprisingly not because oh. there's one reason for that is that the game as much as it is loved it is one of those games that had a controversy behind it being the graphics mm-hmm. and because of that there's not that many tools behind the game like oh i see so it's really hard to modify i did do a, f- a mod for link to seven which is a streamer on mm-hmm. Twitch, I did a mod for him that replaced every single enemy to be invisible. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> it was cool to make, but like you know, it was just deleting the tr- the 3D models of the enemies. It, it wasn't anything like good. Um, but there's a tool going on right now that allows you to create custom maps. Ooh. But then again, due to the nature of the game, if you wanted to make a map that adds into the game, you'd need to add islands. And because mm-hmm. of how the game is coded, you cannot add islands without crashing the game. Oh, so, yeah, because every, every segment has an island, basically. Yeah, so you'd need to expand that, and that would require redoing the map structure of the game, doing the mini-map, redoing the, 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 the charts. Like, mm-hmm. you'd have to redo pretty much the whole game just to add some more islands. That yeah, sounds like a not, nightmare. <laughs> it's not nearly yeah. as clear-cut as the future Breath of the Wild, I guess. Yeah. Which is why I like Breath of the Wild. Like I said, it's an empty slate. And it's like, you can expand upon it without modifying the whole game. I, I, I guess you can, you can technically say that it's a, um, it's a, a Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's so wild. Um, and kind of the final question we're also going to ask every guest uh, this month is, uh, in real life, what kind of power would you have uh, power, courage, or wisdom? Courage. 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 For sure. I'm a very shy person to the point where I, in my in my life, I usually don't um, I don't go in. You know, when I I have the the opportunity to do something, like let's say let's say my friends are like they go to a uh, a bouncy castle, right? Like that, that's that's a story when I was a kid. My friends would just go in the bouncy castle but i was scared of it so i i didn't go i, I was just standing there looking and that that's me that, that's just who i am but if i had the trifles of courage i would actually attempt to do those things and just charge at it and and i think that would change me for the better well hey it does also match your color too Great. <laughs> oh my god yeah i guess with go back to your your uh yourself i guess um what was the inspiration for the frog profile pic? Okay, so basically, like, I like I'm not gonna lie. I'm what we call a furry, so a person that identifies themselves as an anthropomorphic animal. Mm-hmm. And essentially, um, about a year and a half ago, I was dealing with a lot of personal issues, and I felt like I needed to step away from what I was doing and find new communities to hang around in and basically yeah. escape of what I was living through. And that's where I found the furry communities. And basically a, a friend of mine um, defended me from something and I joined their community and they were a furry. So I was like, okay, I'll see how this goes. And, you know, that that, that was like a revela- revelation for me because it, it just made me want to be part of those communities. And this is where another friend drew me as a frog to make better fit the the uh, the other people, and I just I just kept on getting art of the character, and it 
it became part of me. Well, I can certainly tell you right now that I'm convinced that you already have the uh, Triforce of Courage with what you've been through. You've certainly had the courage <laughs> to just, you know, like, enter, like, new territory and um, expand expand your whole identity there. Thank um, you. And, you know, even even just coming on to here to speak about it, um, you know, that's already courageous enough. And, really? <laughs> okay. And that's, that's I, I have to commend you on that. Um, Thank you. You certainly have convinced me that you've got the Triforce of Courage. <laughs> maybe not the Triforce, maybe like a Dorito of Courage, but... Maybe a Dorito. <laughs> just a, like a, a really spicy Dorito, yeah. Really spicy Dorito. <laughs> Uh, I'll, all I have to say is uh, thank you for coming on the show. Um, thank you. You've been thank you for much me. smoother than other guests we've had, I will say. Like, oh? I don't think, honestly, right now, I would never believe you would need the Triforce of Courage. But no, you, you, you already, you're already courageous enough, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll get the power then so I can smash your butt whenever I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Melon, if you have anything you'd like to shout out, you can go ahead now. I guess you can follow me on Twitter. I post the mods I do on Twitter and I sometimes stream on Twitch, but that's like rare, but mostly Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we'll all have all that uh, in the show description if anybody Thank wants you. to check that out. Thank you for joining us and discussing with Melon the world of game modding. Check out our other Zelda Month content all month long on our YouTube channel. We'd love it if you could follow us on Twitter and listen to future episodes on Spotify and iTunes. Join our community Discord server to continue today's discussion, and we'll see you next time on the Switch Clicks podcast. <laughs>